another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. Um, Matt Dudek, uh, he was with us uh, the first part of this ep- uh, this uh, Writers Forum. Spoiler alert, that's what we're doing this week, uh, the last couple episodes. Um, you can find him at uh, Horizon Matt on Twitter. Um, and joining us also, of course, uh, filling in for Matt is John Parker. What's up, Bob? Wow, long time no see. What, about a week? <laughs> and okay. in the recording time, five seconds, by the way. <laughs> we don't need to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, John, you can find at Horizon John. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Horizon RT. You can pull us up on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to us where podcasts are found. Um, well, it's funny because in years past, we have had the writer's forum. We've usually only ever done one episode, but darn it, we just spent so much time. Uh, we we had enough material for one episode, so we we're like, hell, why don't we do another one? So... <laughs> Uh, so joining us, so uh, joining, uh, so rejoining us uh, is Carrick Jones. Welcome, Carrick. Howdy. And Carrick is at Carrick underscore Jones. Uh, we also have Kyle Rossi. And Kyle, you can find at Kyle HDRT. Uh, we also, I'm sorry. I think we might have lost Kyle. Because he's unmuted and he's not saying anything. Oops. Oh. There Sorry, I hit that thing twice there. Did, right. did you hear me the first time? I heard nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, everybody, how you doing? All right. Um, you also, we also have Blake Schumacher here. How's it going, everybody? And uh, Blake is at B Schumacher RT. And then last but not least, we got Nick Lawrenson. How you guys doing? And Nick, of course, is at uh, N. Lawrenson Sports, um, and he's at a whole bunch of other things, too. Um, but uh, so, Kyle, I, as I promised, we ta- we ended last episode to talk a little bit about uh, the new coaching hires for uh, in the Horizon League on the women's side. Um, it's only appropriate that we start to talk about the uh, Cleveland State women because that's kind of your sphere of influence. Yeah, really. me, I've spent this entire last week looking up some additional information about Cleveland State, so uh, <laughs> let's go for it. There we go. All right. And by the way, um, September 15th, uh, Horizon Roundtable, WBB, uh, Kyle and uh, John are going to be spearheading that one, that for us. So if you are interested in writing um, and it's uh, we've got uh, Kyle that's going to be covering Cleveland State. We got Blake uh, who's going to be covering uh, Wright State. We'll talk about Wright State a little bit later in a minute. Uh, a little bit later in a minute, um, but yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll be, uh, we definitely need some writers. So uh, DM us horizonaroundtable at gmail.com. You can even, and I've already, I've already told you guys, you could, uh, if you're interested, you can get in touch with either John or Kyle. We've already warned them ahead of time that they're get, probably could get some contacts there. Uh, but Kyle, so yes, Cleveland State, yes, tell us all about what's going on with Cleveland State. Um, obviously, they've had some changes, but um, yeah. I mean, as as off seasons go in the modern era of college basketball, I mean, it's a pretty stable one at Cleveland State. I mean, you the coaching staff obviously stayed the same. Uh, you, you know, he lost uh, Nadia Dumas, which is a big one to graduation. Had a couple, you know, Isabel Gradwell and uh, Isabella Geraci through the portal and Raven Harris, but you know, <laughs> um, and made a couple good ads. Um, and I think the important thing for them, especially when you look at what Youngstown State's doing, and they're going to be, again, at the top of the league, um, you get Amina Lee back from injury. She missed all of last year. Um, 
have a great freshman uh, coming in from Wisconsin, uh, Jordana Rausma. She's uh, a little bit raw, but she'll add some some presence inside for them as well. Um, and all that's going to be important because I think, uh, you know, the, the better teams, I think Cleveland State's once again a top three team in the league with Youngstown State and Green Bay. Uh, you know, it's August. Put them in whatever order you want at this point, to be honest. But um, in terms of matchups and things like that, I think I think having that presence, you know, without Dumas, Played in a rotation a lot of last year with the Mel Guafang. Um, it got on the court a lot at the same time more as the year went on. But I think any of those, anytime you have one of those kind of rotations and then you're asking one person to take on the entire load, that's a little bit of a, you know, as great a player as she is, that's a kind of a problematic area when you're asking someone to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think Cleveland State, and you know, they ramped up their out-of-conference schedule in a big way this year. Um, Opening up at Iowa State, which is uh, Chris Kilsmeyer's alma mater, so I know he'll be excited for that. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to make the trip out for that one. They have DePaul right after that too, and yeah, they're hosting. I said, a- you know what? I just thought of this because yeah. I, we had because uh, uh, a couple we, we we had we just had Daniel Robinson on, and I didn't even think to ask him about that. What is wrong with me? Because <laughs> kills because Iowa State is Kilsmeyer's alma mater, and of course, you know, and of course. Daniel Robinson comes from Iowa State, and I did not think to ask him that. Yeah. Like, yeah, big big cyclone school there, at Cleveland State. I know I'm a big bonehead. Um, <laughs> uh, but one player you didn't mention, who is probably the most important one, is Destiny Leo. Uh, She's back. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about Destiny Leo. i you know, obviously, she's always a storyline for Cleveland State, and she's getting into that, you know point in her career i mean you know year three now at this point where you know she's i think you ask just about anybody she's one of she's gonna end up as one of the best players in program history up there with kaylee klein all those types of people and you know year three you're gonna start to see you know the one thing she doesn't have is an ncaa appearance in a conference championship obviously but obviously she'll be looking for that she's gonna start to tick off some milestones and things like that as the year goes on i'm sure uh but yeah destiny was a show obviously a player of the year contender along with a couple others but uh, yeah, looking for great things out of her once again. So I'm glad you mentioned kind of that top three of uh, Cleveland State and Youngstown State and Green Bay. Um, we made even yeah, we we didn't even mention Milwaukee yet. Um, with those three teams, I mean, where where if you had to give an edge to any of those, and that can you know open this up to everybody else. If you had to, if you have to you know put your uh, put your picks out there as to who's got the edge there. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. Um, no, real quick. Go for it. Yeah. I have a chance to not get accused of being a homer. Green Bay. They bring back everyone but one player from last year's rotation. They're bringing in a graduate transfer from Bradley. who yep. uh, It's Tatum Koenig. Uh, yep. She was the starting point guard the last three years, fills the role of their departing starting point guard. Um, I think could even be better. Um, she got a little bit of experience being, you know, a go-to scorer towards the end of her career. Uh, and as a sophomore, was a starter for an NCAA tournament team from the uh, Missouri Valley. Uh, and then they added Natalie McNeil, a productive transfer from St. Louis University. Uh so that's my pick. I'm I'm not a homer. See, guys? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, John, and John hit on a lot of that, but I mean, I think people forget, I mean, how young Green Bay was last year. And by the end of the year, they might have been the best team in the league and just kind of had one of those, 
you know, in the in the Horizon League semifinals against Cleveland State, just had one of those days where nothing went right, and CSU won that game by like thirty or something like that. But you know, everyone runs into those once in a while. She, they were playing some great ball down the stretch, and other than that one upset uh, against Milwaukee, they would they would have won the league title outright. So I think you know, I don't know if anybody can ever sleep on Green Bay and Horizon League women's basketball. Let's be honest, but you know, talk about people might get caught up talking about Youngstown State and what happened at IUPUI and whatever. Don't you know? Don't forget about Green Bay. They're right there. I'm not going to forget about them. Kevin Borset scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I was going to say, never count out Kevin. If there's anything I've learned following the women's basketball team, it's that he is a menace. <laughs> there are so many times. I mean, I, you mentioned Kevin Borseth. A lot of the, the mainstream people will go back to his thing at Michigan, pounding the table and all that kind of thing. But if you watch, That's why he scares the crap out of me. And any, any Green Bay game you watch, I, every time I watch Green Bay, like there are like, 30 times that I would just want to screenshot something he's doing on the bench. There's just an expression he's making or whatever else. <laughs> he's a character, man. A little bit uh, scary, yeah, like, yeah. like Bob said, but definitely a character. That's ironic. Cause you, you were going to you as, as Kyle has done, he's, he, he made his trips around the uh, horizon league, uh, Horizon League venues this year, unfortunately, last season did not get an opportunity to go to Green Bay because of COVID issues. Uh, are you going to get an opportunity to get it up there this season? Uh, schedule doesn't look great. If I'm being, I think, I think Cleveland State has them on a Thursday or something like uh, that. Like, yeah. But it, okay. you know, it was one of those things like last year I'd set up my schedule and like the only thing that I didn't have was the Wisconsin trip. I'm like, you know what? I got everything else. We just got to go for it. And I uh, we'll see. I would love to. I mean, I feel terrible if I you know missed them last year and don't get to go there this year. Obviously, it's a pretty far trip. So hopefully yes. nobody holds that against me too much. But I, I'll, I'll try. I not super optimistic, but got, yeah, super optimistic about it, but we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. All right. So Blake, um, as, as we mentioned at the outset, uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be doing you're going to be pulling double duty because you're going to be writing for the covering the uh, right state men and women this season. Yeah. What on earth is going on with the right state? Um, well, <laughs> who do they have? I, you know, uh, I don't know a lot, but I don't I think they just had a complete roster turnover, didn't they? They did. Uh, For the second year in a row, pretty much. Holy crap. Coach Hoffman was added late. Like, if you guys remember back last year, uh, Coach Kerry Hoffman was added to the roster, what, late June, late yeah. May, something along those lines. Something that It was pretty late in the – it was pretty late in this because it was interesting because you – it was weird because the – because <laughs> – you know, the, the whole entire that's that job was vacant for like a while. Right. So now she's here. And then they turn and then they turn around. I'm sorry. And then they turn around and get somebody from down the street. They did. They turned around and got uh, D2 Cedarville, which uh, I'll talk about that quite a bit because there's quite a few transfers from that area. But uh, now she's got her first year where she's got a squad that she is herself crafted. Essentially, the only people that she has carried over from the squad from 21-22 is Channing Chapel, who was a big uh, three-point shooter, big guard, uh, focal point of the offense, and uh, Makira Webster, who was not a big focal point of the offense. Um, so we shall see what that ends up looking like. But uh, in terms of their roster, they have Channing Chapel, as I've mentioned. They took two of the highest scorers from Cedarville, 
uh, Isabel Belender and Emily Chapman, uh, who should come in and provide a little bit more offense. Coach Carey knows how to work with them, everything along those lines. Um, and then they brought in a whole bunch of other freshmen, like essentially an entire line of freshmen. But we'll have to see who breaks out from there. I, I don't even think I could pick from who they've got. Uh, I think if I had to pick one of them, I would probably want to watch uh, Isabella Cassoni out of them all. Uh, freshman out of Waynesville, had a decent time at that relatively difficult high school. Um, and then maybe Catalina Ion, who comes from IMG. And then this, here's here's what makes me pause. Coach Hoffman seems to have added the two people that she's the most familiar with, with the kids in, uh, that are at Cedarville, with the women at Cedarville. Um, and then the other transfers, Casey Baumhauer, who came in mid-season, so she was ineligible to play, uh, Bryce Nixon, Rachel Luby, uh, and Kara Van Kempen, all of them saw almost zero time at the schools that they were at and were upper level, like freshman, senior, or sorry, junior, senior level of <laughs> that area. So I'm, I'm curious as to what Carrie is seeing here, because there's almost nothing to see if we base it on the time frame that they had while they were at their other schools. Now they're coming from places like Notre Dame, uh, Bryce Nixon came from Arizona and then Santa Clara. Uh, so they're, they're not schools that you can like scoff at, but it, it do, seems do, like. Do you think it's just a veteran leadership and stability play and maybe the, the freshman will end up carrying a lot of the weight on the team there? It certainly looks like that's going to be the case because this, this roster has a lot of people on it. So maybe it's just uh, there's the veteranosity of the people that are there. There's the two people from Cedarville that Carrie knows how to work with. So it's, it's something where she's going to use this team of transfers and so on to essentially probably, probably mid packet. She'll probably be about middle of the pack for the horizon and then uh, use that to help train up the freshmen that she currently has. See, and I think to me, just just to add on to that a little bit, I mean, you look at, I mean, you know, the Dayton Daily News is writing articles about what what a mess that program was last year, you know, on and off the court. So I think, you know, in that kind of context, even if they're low impact transfers and, you know, people from Cedarville and all that kind of stuff that maybe people don't get excited about, but uh, Kerry Hoffman just kind of wants to reestablish, hit the reset button a little bit and might not be a fantastic. I think you know, and Carrie Hoffman's a proven winner. I think I think she'll have them there eventually. I don't know if this is their year, but they'll be they'll be better than they were last year. I can say that much. I think. Yep, yeah, definitely. And in relation to like the problems that they had off the court, like I said, she had a whole bunch of carryovers from Katrina's time frame. So maybe it was just she really needed to hit that reset button. But I. I look at the roster that's currently built and it, it either relies on the Cedarville transfers to make a massive impact or it relies on um, more than a couple freshmen to break out. 
So we'll have to see which one ends up happening. I, I have more faith in the Cedarville transfers than I do the freshmen at this point, and that's just due to, once again, they have more experience, and Carrie knows how to work with them. But we shall. Yeah, I like see. that Kaylee on. I saw I saw some tape on her. She's pretty legit. So I'm kind of excited to see what she can do. Yep. All right. Um, we're gonna switch over to we're switch back over to the men's side at one point in time. Um, but one last question for for you guys: uh, sleeper team on the women's side. You know what? I'm gonna go a, a little bit off the grid here and say Purdue Fort Wayne. You know they were God they 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 were just ridiculously injured last year. They had they lost um um which. What's her name? For the the younger Ott sister who's out for a long time. Shayla Sellers had that concussion. Uh, you know, Ryan Ott, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But um they they were so shorthanded last year. I think they're still they still have a, lo- a couple deficiencies on the roster. They're still probably gonna be asking Aubrey stuff to play out of position and things like that. But that's a good talented roster. They should have a little bit more depth this year. They kind of, you know, were in some games they probably didn't have any business being in. They, you know everybody's a year older um i, I like purdue for Wayne to make an, a couple moves up the standings there and funny it's it, funny you mentioned sheila sellers um that's funny because i did not realize who her i did not realize who her parents are oh yeah 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 yeah. for those of you who live in uh, live, live in northeast ohio you should know who the mayor brad sellers is the mayor brad like, sellers he, he was definitely at the, their game at csu um i think i saw him a couple other times too yeah um mayor of warrensville heights here in the cleveland area so and i did not realize her mom was kim sellers for those of you who don't know who she is she used to be a uh, uh dj at uh, one of the local stations here wzak for years i'm now officially old okay um <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's real radio man i don't know about that <laughs> i think we're all forgetting about nku uh, are they a sleeper? I don't know. They, they, I, I think they, sleeper is hard when you've got three teams that bring so much back. Um, so I, I like I, I agree with kind of what Kyle was getting at as far as sleeper with Purdue Fort Wayne, but not to jump into like the top three more so to right. jump compared to last year. Um, yeah. Like NKU. I think I had them fourth. I'll have to double check, but um, I it's don't. Funny with NKU, the funny thing is, they—I mean, they were—they went into Green Bay early last year and won. They won at IUPUI. They won ten games in a row in the middle of the season. They have arguably the best player in the league in Lindsey Duvall. They couldn't beat Cleveland State, but. And then the thing, the other thing to me is I don't think they really got better this off season. They, they lose Grayson Rose. Um, you know, they added Allison Besai, who's a you know, superstar at the small school level in the rural areas of Ohio, but we'll see what she can do. But I, I just don't, I mean, they're, they're sort of on the fringe of being right up there with the top group, but they're so inconsistent. It's tough to get a good read on them. Yeah. Yeah. This is the prove it year for NKU. This is why I think they might be the sleeper because you guys talked about the top three and how like you had NKU as the fourth. Uh, NKU has the potential to break apart the teams that we know are in the top echelon of this conference for the women's basketball side. And 
just because it's NKU, you almost never want to count them out. Um, like you said, they have that, those 10 wins. Uh, I, I think this might be the year that they come through and shock everybody. Uh, or they just kind of settle in uh, around that four range and then they sit down for the rest of the year. Uh, we'll have to see. I, I, I have them as the sleeper contender for the championship because we all know that Right, I, I, I get you. We're thinking of it in slightly different ways. I get you. If, if we're playing for definitely, if we're playing HL WBB NBA Jam, I definitely go with Ivy Turner and Lindsey Duvall, though. Maybe, maybe <laughs> when uh, Emmy Sodders your third there. That's what I need. I need her Rising League basketball video game. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's switch back over the men, uh, to, uh, to the men's side. Um, as I think I've alluded to at least a couple of times uh, last episode, um, I co-hosted with Nick uh, the Twitter spaces, uh, the Horizon League Twitter spaces. Uh, it's over uh, for Mid-Major Madness, um, at Mid underscore Madness, uh, for those of you scoring at home. If you don't follow them, you should, because they cover all of the Mid-Major things. Uh, shameless plug for Nick there. Um, but in addition to Greg Campy, we talked to... Uh, we talked to uh, Matt Crenshaw over at IUPUI, and we talked to Jared Calhoun over at Youngstown State. And I want to talk a little bit about the IUPUI situation first, because we all know what happened to them last season. Yeah. Six. Still my – it's never going to not be my favorite episode from last season. Never going to not be. <laughs> Getting those five guys together, and by the way, all of uh, the only one that's left out of them is Boston Stanton. Yeah, well, they have nineteen guys this year. It's a whole different uh, scenario over there in India. So again, you you tweeted this out like uh, you tweeted this what, was it last week or something. They have thirteen scholarship players and six walk-ons. Yeah, I was texting Matt Crenshaw after the fact, and he's like, "Yeah, we actually got nineteen guys." Like I was talking to him, you know. When he, he is not the- tempting fate next year. Yeah, I know. He's, he doesn't want to do that again. When we were on that space, it seemed like he was just going on forever and ever saying all these guys. I mean, what? It felt like it was about 10 minutes. I didn't really count. I kind of just sat there. At the end, he's like, he texts me. He's like, yeah, we got 19 guys this year. I'm like, holy cow. That's a complete different uh, scenario than last year. So we're, I'm not going to be used to that because I'm used to only them running five or six guys out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be fun to see. I mean, in February, I mentioned it too, you you saw them get better and better. It, it's tough, obviously, with six guys. And I mean, and then down to five after Jonah Carrasco got hurt. Exactly. And, yeah, they were just playing Ironman basketball pretty much. They ended up beating Bobby Moe at Bobby Moe, which was impressive. They kept, But they kept in, in it with a lot of games throughout the year. I mean. Even that Oakland game, what was that? The line was like 30 or 40, I want to say. It was yeah. something ridiculous. And they just, it was just never close to being covered by the Golden Grizzlies. It's it's definitely he, – he started getting more of a hold of how to coach his team throughout the year. And I think they're going to keep slowly moving up. What's interesting is that, um, that Jonah Carrasco was in the portal and then he magically ended up out of the portal. Is he back in IUPUI? Yep. He is. Wow, I know. So, so, the, so out of the six that that the, the six and you know five after Carrasco went down, Carrasco is one of the ones who were left, who came back. 
That's something. I know. So it's him and Boston Stanton, then uh, Zach Zach Gunn, who was supposed to play last year, but obviously got hurt before the season started. So he's actually coming back. And then, you know, a bunch of other guys. Yeah. um, One thing that uh, Coach Crenshaw talked about when he first joined was trying to – he came on the podcast and talked about how he wanted to kind of exploit the fact that a lot of other teams were going for junior college division two guys, uh, you know, using the portal and he wanted to go with freshmen. He very much did that. Um, Absolutely. They, most of their, you know, I guess it would be 11. Well, no, not quite 11. Uh, Most of their new players are freshmen. Um, Yes. There are, a couple transfers, but the vast majority are incoming freshmen. Yeah, he undoubtedly wants this to be his team. Yeah, because he'd, uh, yeah, because the only because he's got all of these freshmen. He's got a couple of you know some like you said some of the transfers, but by and large, I think he's got like what six freshmen or something, like six or seven freshmen coming in next year. Something like that. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh so. I, and man, I, I know we talked about this about you know where they're situated in the Horizon League, and I don't know. I think they they still got a year in the. I, I still think they've got an. Uh, I, I hate to say it because I th- I think they still have about another year in the basement before they start moving up. Yeah, they yeah. still got to mold everyone together, but I mean it's definitely a bright sign so he, that he has all these guys and he's really recruiting his own team. And I mean, yeah, they're going to be young, so. You really got to mold them all together, but I think maybe they could make a step up. They could contend for what it's it's a ten team league now. Uh, eleven. That was eleven. 11. They, we they didn't kick anybody ten. else out yet. We didn't <laughs> kick anybody else out. So nobody yeah, else I mean, besides UIC. <laughs> well, yeah, they could so they could contend for a spot or two or three up. I feel like there's a chance if they mold together and they really start playing well in February that they could uh, get themselves out of the bottom of the basement. I think it's, I it's, say, it's, it's I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say they have company in the basement this year. <laughs> so and I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to say anything. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Well, let me ask you. Well then fine. Since I'm going to, I'll rip off the bandaid and ask about green Bay then. <laughs> Um, um, that's a, yeah. Green Bay is a, one of those teams that I don't know exactly what we're getting out of them. They, you know, you got Kate, yeah, you got Cade Meyer who's coming in and basically a, bun- a bunch of members of the short family. Um, I keep making that same joke and it just never gets not being funny. But, <laughs> you know. They got, they cleared out all the, they cleared out all the Donovans from last season to bring in this one Donovan. And he should be. Very, very good, but when you're losing, you know, the the few pieces that kind of are a few of the pieces that showed they had what it took to be at this level, um, they're going to have a couple post players, which is always nice at, you know, at a mid-major, but one's a freshman, the other is a sophomore, and with, you know, Manny Ansong leaving, with Kamari McGee leaving, with um, Lucas Stiebler leaving, all in the portal, uh, I don't know, 
the the downside of having a talented young big man is it doesn't take much for him to show enough that he's going to be right out the door in two years either. Um, I don't know. And I, I think with kind of that whirlwind on their roster, I would expect them to be in about the same spot as last year. I did not see. I honestly didn't see that exit as coming. I just didn't. I thought they were for sure going to have a, you know, a solid bunch of holdovers from last season. And then, then fast forward about a month, all they have left is Nate Jenkins, Randy Tucker, you know, Cade Meyer and Braden Daly, who we didn't see all last season. <laughs> and now we got a bunch of new, a uh, bunch of other guys in it. So, yeah. Um. And it's, yeah. And it's, and, it, and, you know, I keep mentioning Donovan short. He's hit. He, they only, he only signed three fresh, real true freshmen this season. Everybody else is a transfer. Um, most of them from the Juco ranks. Uh, Zay Blake's one of them. Um, Davin Ziegler is one of them. Still hurts me. He chose Green Bay instead of Cleveland State, but I, I'll get over that. <laughs> you all know why. <laughs> I do, old man. <laughs> I know. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad when kids of the horizon, kids, kids coming into the Horizon League, uh, their parents I went to school with. So yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's. I didn't see I didn't see it coming. I thought for sure that I I I for sure thought that the the team was gonna focus the focus of the team. You're gonna have a good core coming back with a with with the with Kamari McGee with Cade Meyer, um, Lucas Stever Lucas Stever um, thought for sure Mitch Listow would actually be you know didn't realize that Mitch Listow's uh, injuries were going to be to the extent that he was going to end up retiring for basketball altogether. Um, yeah, uh, Manny Manny Ansong, who's who, yeah, thought he was going to be around, but and Manny Ansong was the was you know Will Ryan's guy from from Wheeling, so I thought for sure he was going to be around, but he ended up going to Vandy. So yeah, I mean. Regardless of what happens on the court, man, you get a chance at a degree from Vanderbilt. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They think, yeah, I think it, yeah, and Vandy's a whole other, a whole other thing that we don't have to worry about. <laughs> of course, Manny Anson gets to see Dennis Gates twice a year again, so good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> Ooh. I know. Kind of adds a little something to it, don't you think? So, but yeah, I... It's funny because again they fall into that half of the, you know bottom half of the conference that you know did this whole entire you know roster makeover and I just didn't see it coming I didn't I thought for sure they were going to have more and they just didn't and then you know everybody just bailed so I don't know um, also I have absolutely no idea what to expect from Robert Morris besides Khalil Spear <laughs> and, and Enoch Cheeks and Michael Green the third. Because they brought a bunch of kids in. They brought a whole bunch of people in, too. Again. <laughs> Again. Um, that seems to be a, yeah, that seems to be a kind of a dynamic of years. Now, year three with Andy Toole in, in the Horizon League. I want him, I so want Andy Toole to do good in this league. I really do. Absolutely do. But, man, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, the anybody, rap- can, can anybody else kind of, you know, weigh in on that one? Because that one's confusing me a lot. I, I mean, it's just been a ton of roster turnover. Um, you know, we haven't been or I haven't been wrong about, you know, some of the guys that have said, hey, this guy could be, you know, a breakout player, you know, a standout in the Horizon yeah. League. Uh, but then they don't always, I mean, they had two years in a row where their top guy on the roster didn't finish the season with the team. Um, so that's going to be, I mean, on one hand, that's tough to overcome. On the other hand, how does that happen two years in a row? That's kind of. Yeah, that blows me away, actually, because I think they had like, didn't they have like three guys like transfer before the end of the season? Before the, they had three guys transfer before like the end of the fall semester, after the fall semester. I think they had like, because um, Matteo Kunzo was on the roster to start with, and then he transferred over to Youngstown State, ironically. Um, and then, yeah, we, I thought for sure we were going to see, uh, I thought for sure we were going to see, uh, what's his face? Um, Ferran Flavors. Didn't see him. Rasheem Dunn was like the guy who, he was, wasn't he leading, wasn't he one of the leading scorers at that point, uh, before yeah. he left? Yep. And then he was like, it, I was in, that's crazy. It just, it doesn't register with me at all. <laughs> it was just such a weird scenario for them. And then just things just kind of spiraled out. Yep. And it's unfair to them because they, again, they have a, you know, they did have a pretty decent bed. They do have a pretty decent backcourt with, with cheeks and green. Cam Ferris was a good part of it too, but he transferred. Um, but yeah, that was, I, it blows me away. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll see what we see next season, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be most of the league. I think six teams kind of had a complete overhaul of their roster in an 11-team league. Yeah. So when you look – and I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm going to open it up to everybody else. I mean, when you look at the – you look at we, – we talk about – we constantly talk about the the – ongoing issues with with the horizon league as a whole being able to get to a point where they are performing and they don't have to play in a playing game in the ncaa tournament does this annual thing of this annual you know major roster turnover thing with the specifically with the bottom half of the conference doesn't that play into it a little bit um i don't know because i would say Wright state really didn't have it last year and they they didn't exactly blow the you know doors. I off. mean, aside from the winning in the non-conference thing, which they didn't, didn't right, did. right, again right. to their own admission, they didn't do. Right, exactly. But but everyone struggled with it, and really that's where the you know playing game <laughs> comes. Sorry. Better your dog than mine. That was mine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but no, that is where the it's. With going to metrics, they're caring less and less about who you beat and how you, instead of how you beat them. And I mean, if you don't beat them, it's going to ding you. If you beat a team that uh, Cleveland State played, was it Coppin State? And it was Coppin State, yeah. Went Coppin down, State, they barely what? beat. Yeah. Which I it, couldn't understand that one either. I'm like, how does that even work? Because Coppin yes. State, they were, um, Kevin Sweeney did a uh, story on Coppin State about how they were dry, uh, how they were basically were, you know, 
load you know, they were basically bussing to all these places all over the place and i think that was like at the end of that run where they were just basically out of gas and they still almost won that game i'm like yeah. that did not compute with me at all <laughs> no and i mean um it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last episode where it's it's i don't think it's about who you play i think it's about what you do when you play them and um Obviously, a lot of the league couldn't deliver. Uh, and then for uh, the Horizon League, the unfortunate thing from like uh, looking at it that way is the one team that actually did deliver, uh, Oakland, ran out of gas. Out of gas. If they hadn't run out of gas, the Horizon League doesn't wind up in the playing game. They get a 13 seed, maybe, uh, past yeah. even a 12. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I win your I, non-conference games. Yeah, <laughs> do it. You must win your. Con- um, so we, uh, we talk- I'm sorry. Go ahead. We uh, talked about it in the last episode about how like buying games and things like that is not really happening this time around. Like, I have exactly one team that I think. Wright State would legitimately struggle against right now, and that's potentially Louisville, uh, that is currently on their non-conference schedule. Like they, they still have some quality opponents. They've got Akron, Bowling Green, and Western Kentucky, but it almost feels like this year, more than any other year, there's just no excuse. You, you have to win the games. So mm-hmm. hopefully that actually happens this year, and the Horizon can kind of look like a power conference in basketball for a few minutes it needs to because you know that it, it needs to because you know the money money from a winning a playing game is nice but at the same time then you know you go to the first round and get the doors blown off of you because yeah that doesn't work um and we need speaking of buying games i need robert morris to win against dayton just for oh yes um yeah, speaking <laughs> of, yeah come on dayton what are you guys doing over there really why is it yeah why does this keep happening <laughs> what is the, what is the what is it what are you so afraid of exactly? I don't know. I I it's funny that I keep weighing in on this and it's like not even my school, but it's like it seems dumb. That just Oakland that, and Michigan you know. State get to play each other, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> that's my soapbox for the day. <laughs> so, um, so we uh, so we at the beginning of the last episode we talked about Purdue Fort Wayne, but I do want to talk about Youngstown State. And what they added, on top of what they keep bringing in, <laughs> um, yeah. and and I think that is going to be the one where we might take a little. I haven't seen what anyone else is doing. Matt kind of alluded to what he's doing with his poll. We might take a little bit of heat from their fans. We frequently do, but um, they went twelve and nine last year. Michael Akashe is graduated, but they are bringing in a ton of. You know transfers. Um, I think, and they're bringing back Garrett Covington. And they're bringing back Garrett Covington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I know he was in the portal and then he came back out of the portal, so he is definitely coming back. Um, from my perspective, they were above average in the league last year. Added some nice pieces, but it, it's kind of that same thing with: Are they all gonna, you know, be able to mesh right away? Or is it going to take some time for, you know, 
I, I think at the very least, I think they have the um, they haven't figured out with who's going to be kind of taking over for Akashi as the guy. Uh, who that could be? <laughs> uh, Probably a guy who's seen him before, twice a year. Oh no 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 no! I I don't mean like in the lineup. I mean as like the dude. Uh, I was talking about that. That that's what I think. I think. Um, nope. I think it. Yeah. No, I, uh, For those I mean, of you scoring at home, Adrian Nelson uh, from NKU transferred over to Youngstown State. No, I think Dwayne Cohill is going to be their go-to guy this year. Um, oh, yeah. Really, really asserted himself by the end of the season. Yeah. Dwayne Cohill is a no-brainer. For me, he's a no-brainer first-team All-Horizon League. Yeah. No-brainer. Um, yeah, so that's – but to everybody's point, um, I think the biggest uh, – for Youngstown State, I think the biggest stumbling block for them is – Purdue Fort Wayne sitting right in front, you know, who is bringing everybody back. Yeah. And it's funny because I know when I talked to John, I want to say when I talked to John Kaufman on the podcast last year, and I think we brought up Quentin Morton Richardson last season. We didn't see him at all last season and he's back this season. So I, I'm interested in seeing what he becomes. I don't know if we see a lot of him though, because we got Damian Chonquie. I mean, that's a good, uh, I don't know, but I think the, and I've been saying this over and over again, and I'm going to not stop saying the top five teams, honestly, I'm surprised that everybody's going to have a, I mean, we can have a lot of conversations about this, but I don't know. I mean, if you pick any one of the top five teams and my top five teams are Purdue, Fort Wayne, uh, Youngstown State, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, and Oakland. If you pick any one of those five, I I'm not. I, you can make an argument for any one of those five. And You're that's really good. the other thing. Um, just listeners, we're not trying to stress out our writers and make them pick every single game so that we can average out the the records and figure out our standings. We're just saying pick your standings. Like last year, if you had picked, you know, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Cleveland State as your top four in that order. And then, you know, Youngstown State, Detroit Mercy, Oakland. That's a really good prediction, even though you were over that entire list. Yeah. Like, a game separated that top group. A game and a half separate. No, a game separated that bottom group. Like, just because your team gets picked two spots lower than you think, they're essentially being picked where you think they should. I mean, up until about what? About up until about oh, two weeks before the season ended, I was doing scenarios on how teams could win the win the top spot. It was just insane. It was just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I almost jumped out a window because it was so complex. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why did I talk myself into doing that? <laughs> yeah, when a team in the bottom half of the league finishes three games out of first. <laughs> But that's the way the Horizon League shook out last season. And again, I think with these top five teams, and again, we don't know what else we're getting from you know the rest of the Horizon oh, League. The for, yeah. For all we for all we know, Detroit Mercy will come bring it together with An, with Antoine in the middle of all that. Okay. Uh, Cle- Cleveland State. I mean, again, Cleveland State is bringing Spider Johnson, who I st- we talked about this. Uh, with uh, I talked about this with Daniel Robinson. Uh, he's confident that Spider is a you know Spider can be 
defensive player of the year this season. I don't argue with him on that because we he competed because it was you know we competed last season. Um, I mean, you know, we don't know what we're getting out of Milwaukee. What, whatever X factors that Bart Lundy has in store, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you never know. It's insane. And um, and I look I look forward to making my picks and being completely wrong with them. <laughs> and as I know, all the rest of you are as well. Yeah. All right. So um, with that said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, guys, we got two episodes out of this. This is great. Love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't ever do that. We just usually have one episode and that's it. But this year we had two. That's great. All right. So uh, so uh, HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, pull up all your content, uh, all our podcast episodes, all our content. Uh you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found and be sure to, uh, you can also uh, pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So uh, until next time, I'm sure I've got some great surprises coming very, very soon, but until then, thank you all for listening.